everything is real. I'm Natalie D. I'm Drew Toothpaste. And the theory that the Georgia Guidestones were instructions on how to implement the New World Order is real. Is that for sure? Yeah, sure, yeah, right. So the Georgia Guidestones, many people didn't even hear about them until they got blown up. I had some feelings about them getting blown up. This is like, <laughs> I was really stressed out about it. <laughs> There's been a lot of whack news lately, but there's something about them blowing up the Georgia Guidestones that was just so troubling to me. It really, it did not, I, I was not into it. It was heinous in a way that few things are. I felt targeted. I don't know what about it. I, I just wasn't into it. So, <laughs> so the Georgia Guidestones were a monument in like rural Georgia, right? Right, right. So they were a 19 foot tall monument made of six granite stones that they put up in 1980, right? Uh-huh. Uh, they started planning it in 1979 and they were designed by this guy named R.C. Christian. Yeah, and that's supposed a pseudonym, right? Right. And obviously, the pseudonym makes it sound like he was a Rosicrucian. That's right. And if you haven't already, in our series Garbage Brain University, we discussed the Rosicrucian Order in our episode about secret societies. We did. We did. And the Rosicrucian Order is like this sort of OG, mystical, occult organization of the Western world right. that spun off, you know, numerous organizations. Right, right. Exactly. So R.C. Christian claimed that this monument he was making was an improvement on Stonehenge. And he was like, <laughs> I just love Stonehenge so much, but I just want to dumb it down for people. And so instead of having to look at it and think about what it could mean, it just says it right on her. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it does what it says on the can. Read it. If you don't understand it, read it again. If you still don't understand it, then find one that has the language you speak on it. And so one of the more interesting things about the Guidestones is that it had these four huge granite slabs in like an X configuration. And it had eight languages on there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they are off the top of my head. Was there four slabs or six slabs? Well, there was six slabs total because there was a base and a keystone. Okay. Yeah, there are eight languages on the Georgia Guidestones. And so if there are four vertical pieces, it was probably one on each side, right? Yeah. And the languages were English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, Chinese, and Russian. And I'm just going to come out and say in all of the articles that I've seen about the Georgia Guidestones where people were questioning their intent. Right. They always showed the Hebrew one for some reason. Right. I know what that reason is. Sure. <laughs> So I'm sure we'll get more into this. So 1979, they drew up the plans for this Guidestone, R.C. Christian. Right. He said that he and his bros had been working like 20 years on planning this out. And they chose Elbert County, Georgia as the location because locally they had a lot of granite uh -huh. and it was rural. And allegedly R.C. Christian had family that lived there. Okay. And so they plunked down $100,000 and they put her up. And this was $100,000 in 1980. Yeah, nice. So that's worth money. a lot more now. Three hundred and seventy thousand dollars. You still couldn't buy a shack in California for that. <laughs> <laughs> And so they unveiled the monument in March of 1980 and the ownership of the land and the Guidestones was then transferred to Elbert County. So the county then owned it. Elberton Elbert. in Elbert County. Elbert County, yeah. Whoever Elbert was, he really made that corner of Georgia. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and so that's been the story thus far. They only drew about 20,000 visitors annually, which doesn't sound like very much. That's fewer than 100 people a day, right? Right, right. There is a marker beside the Guidestones that reads, The Georgia Guidestones, Center Cluster Erected March 22nd, 1980. Let these be Guidestones to an Age of Reason. And then America said no. Wow. <laughs> I don't want some. That's what America said. <laughs> well, so unfortunately, there's a pervading mythology in America about a different man who had Ten Commandments for the people. Right, right. And so I think right off the bat, people saw that there were tablets with Ten Commandments on them that were not the same ones, and they felt very antagonized. Right, right. I mean, maybe it is me being like dumb. Maybe this is like a blind spot for me. Maybe I am just not learned enough to understand why this would be bad. But don't you think we need a new world order? The one we have now is not that great. <laughs> like, I think we should turn over a new leaf. We should try something new, right? <laughs> if we have a one world government, then starving people in third world countries, it is no longer something we could turn our backs on. It, it is not something where it's like, oh, I'm American. That's not my problem. Then anybody suffering on this planet would be a shame upon you, right? Uh, that's pretty much the catch, Natalie. <laughs> I mean, you can't have American exceptionalism if there's no America. Right, I guess so. So, I mean, maybe I'm pro-New World Order. I don't know. Everyone hates the New World Order so much that it makes me feel a little self-conscious about it. I mean, you would never put a bumper sticker on your car that says, why don't we just try New World Order? <laughs> Right, right. Just give it a shot. This world order sucks that we have right now. This one sucks. Everyone can agree that it sucks. Why would we not want a new one? <laughs> So, okay, so why is it that people believe that the Guidestones were instructions for the New World Order? Well, people didn't like them from the start. When they unveiled the monument, there was a priest who was there watching. Obviously, because he was there to get mad. Oh, yeah, he heard- He's like, get me mad. He heard that the new Ten Commandments were dropping. Right, <laughs> in Elbert, Georgia, where fuck, right? <laughs> So this priest was there at the unveiling and he was like, that shit's for sun worshippers. <laughs> it kind of is though. Right. I mean, the, the, Rosa, the Rosicrucians, right. all the Western occultists kind of are sun worshippers. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Uh -huh. He was right. Good call, priest. But you know, the thing is with the sun worshippers though, is that they believe all is one. So the priest should be a sun worshipper too. And honestly, also, if you worship Christ, that is like, if you're talking about syncretism, like he would probably be like an equivalent, right? Well, we're all sun worshippers. Some of us just worship the son of God. Right, exactly. That's I mean, saying. I think that's, come it's clear. on. It's clear. Come Are on, you not a sun worshiper, Father? Right. <laughs> oh, I guess we're okay if we turn it off then. <laughs> You do that? You want to turn the sun off? Right. Obviously, people were really up in arms about the fact that the guy's name was R.C. Christian. Honestly, he should have thought of a better name than that because he was just goading people into being mad. Yeah, he just pretty much was like, oh, who built the monument? Uh, Mr. I B Mystic. <laughs> Okay, 
Okay, so there's RC Christian, they're like, oh, Rosicrucians. But then there's also, when it comes to the Rosicrucians, then that has, like, ties and, like, connections to the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, mm-hmm. which is, like, the big granddaddy of modern occultism. Yeah. And so they were like, we are not into it, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a religious part of the world. This is in the American Southeast. Right. They should have put this somewhere where people could hang. People would have got mad anywhere. They hanged witches and Massachusetts and that's the north. Right. But I mean, you could have put this somewhere like somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. You could have put like there's all kinds of places where you can get granite. You could have put this in Vermont. They wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. Vermont really would have been the place to put this because they got a lot of granite up there and they pretty much let you do anything you want there. Right. Right. They're like, that's cool, man. Whatever. Just say you change into your snow tires. We don't give a fuck. So, The Age of Reason, this book by Thomas Paine, was, like, a book that was very, like, challenging to biblical stuff, right? And so it was, like, a rationalist piece of work. And so people were like, no, rationalism, no thanks. Yeah, pretty much a book. (laughs) That was one of the first major books that came out, and it's like, hey, we should really rethink being religious. They said that the Guidestones were erected as a foil to the Ten Commandments Mm -hmm. as something to end Christianity. Yeah, I mean, this was an obvious provocation. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be mystic could have really picked like nine or 11. Right. Could have picked a different number. Wrapping it up in 10 just seems a little like... If he's a mystic, then the number 10 has like meanings for people who are into that kind of stuff. There's yeah. like an idea of completion with the number 10 that it felt weird to stop before then or end after then. Sure, right? sure, yeah. So this New World Order stuff, this is like the uber conspiracy of all conspiracy theories. Yeah, anytime you get into any sort of overarching conspiracy theory, whether it's 9-11 or it's any kind of conspiracy theory involving international actors, it always involves the New World Order. Right, and so this is the idea that a single world government would be created out of all of the conspirators from all over the world. Uh Like the superstars of who is secretly running the country. So it's going to be reptilians and Rothschilds and the Jews and Bill Gates. And Bill Gates, right? Oh, He's always George in there. Soros. Oh, George. <laughs> Henry Kissinger. All of them. I've been waiting for a long time for my Soros checks to roll in. I heard he was funding everybody. Right. And so this existence of this new world order would destroy local language, national and state sovereignty, religion. And there are some people who believe that the new world order was foretold in the book of Revelation. Again, here we are with this new world order stuff. If the new world order is a government that controls the world that is run by affluent conspirators what would make it different than what we have already like because i i mean the rich people and the reptilian they're running stuff now right aren't they (laughs) like it's not like they're stealing anything from us we don't have any control over anything anymore it's not called the ruling class because they don't have any power right right (laughs) so what would make you know david ike and alex jones wake up one day and the new world order is here and they start crying right how would the world be different Different. We wouldn't have to wait as long in the airport to cross in between countries. <laughs> That'd be about it. I... <laughs> 
I think a lot of this just has to do with people feeling insecure and people having hard economic and emotional conditions. Right. And so attaching all those feelings onto somebody else doing something to you rather than having to tackle all those things on your own. And often in America, at least, we don't have big support systems because the people are pulled apart. We're pulled apart from our families to work all day. We're not together in our community. And as time goes on, you know, you and your neighbors and your friends and your family members are pulled apart by these stupid little fucking political allegiances to right. different old senile men. Right. And so blaming, you know, everybody being separated and not having emotional connections and not having fulfillment on some external force is really compelling to very many people because then... <laughs> <laughs> Number one, you can say, it's not my fault. And I think in most people's cases, it's not necessarily their fault that they're unhappy. Right. A lot of this stuff is systemic. But I think there's this idea drilled into everybody's heads that America has to keep what America has because America has wealth. And you know, when we're talking about everything that we have and how good our country is, we lump all the rich people in with mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. And we say, if the United States and China was all one country, we would have have all these people that don't have nearly as much money and we'd have to divvy up our resources and none of us would have anything. Right. I think that's the idea that they're kind of trying to push, ignoring the fact that the problem is that the rich people took all this stuff. Right. And we already live in a globalized economy. So it's not like China isn't digging up their resources and sending them over here and we're not digging up our resources and sending them other places. That's already what's happening. The enemy, as stated by anti-New World Order people, is quote unquote quote, the globalists. Uh, yeah. Uh -huh. And so there's this sort of vague idea that this cult of conspirators around the globe is eventually going to make us, you know, start speaking some other language. We're all going to have to use euros, which uh, wouldn't fucking matter. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter. And I think the one idea that a lot of them, especially like the very right wing people latch onto is the idea that local religion is going to be eliminated as a matter of course of creating a universal culture, they're going to wipe out everybody's local cultures. You're going to have to atheistly eat food you don't like and speak Esperanto. <laughs> I think it's interesting how they are like these Rosicrucians, these Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn acolytes in their anti-religion. If you ever look at any of that shit, they fucking talk about Christian shit more than anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there's so there's the book there's the book of Revelation. Right. Right. And they point to a lot of modern things as being the mark of the beast. That's their favorite phrase. Right. So whether it's barcodes on products mm -hmm. or it's a vaccine passport right. they say this is the mark of the beast <laughs> You've been marked. What about your driver's license? You've Was been... that the mark of the beast? Shh. How about your hunting license? Shh. Was that the mark of the beast? <laughs> your motorcycle license. I mean, come on. It's only when it's a piece of paper you don't like. If it's a check that you have to sign and bring to the bank, it's not the mark of the beast. But if No, it is... that's the money of the beast, baby. We love it. <laughs> right. Your sacred American dollar with the eyeball pyramid on it. <laughs> you love it. You love to see it. <laughs> 
I swear to God, they keep that shit just to scare people like that. Like, really, if we didn't have to keep people threatened a little bit, our dollars would be red, white, and blue, and we just have a fucking flag and eagle on it, and the back would just be a guy flexing his biceps, and it'd just say, America, colon, fuck you. <laughs> so, there was a group called The Resistance that was named after the anti-authority group from The Terminator. Oh, the movie The Terminator. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. And it was organized in 2005 by a right-wing guy named Mark Dice and they started a campaign to have the monument destroyed because they believed so fully that these guys were like New World Order advocates. Okay. Two years later, Alex Jones had a documentary called Endgame Blueprint for Global Enslavement and he also said that the Guidestones were evidence of an NWO plot. Okay. Okay. And then since then, they have been vandalized with anti-Obama and anti-New World Order graffiti and they have to always be sandblasting it and all this other <laughs> shit. What did the Obama have to do with those guidestones? How old was he when they put those up? Like 10? <laughs> he was 10 and he lived in Hawaii. What did he have anything to do with those guidestones? <laughs> So the problem with the Guidestones is that the shit that's written on there is really threatening to these people. There's specific things on there that are threatening to them, right? Yeah, there are things on there that if you read them and you are bent on being terrified by them, then sure. All right. So there is the hot entry on the Georgia Guidestones. The one you hear about is always the red letter rule on the Guidestones, right? Yeah. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Oh, buddy. And, you know, when we're approaching 8 billion people, that's a lot of people we need to get rid of. Yeah. <laughs> and the question you always ask when somebody says the world is overpopulated is you say, okay, who are we getting rid of? Right, right. I mean, that's if you look at it negatively. What if people were like, oh, it seems that having this many people is not great. Why don't we set up some social programs and let's just not encourage people to have kids. Let's have negative population growth and ease this plane down a little bit so we have a sustainable society where we can have everybody alive. <laughs> Can we slow our roll and cool this sucker down for the next 100 years so yeah. we have a shot? Right, right. No. No, we can't. No. That is depopulation. They are systematically trying to depopulate the Earth. You know what is going to make this planet depopulate faster than anything else is squeezing people until they bleed financially and not letting people have homes and telling women they don't have rights over their bodies and having runaway climate change and have all of these other horrible things that make people be like, you know what, maybe this isn't the world I want to bring kids into. I've seen tons of people talking about how they're not having kids because why would you hear? I think that everybody definitely makes their own decision on whether or not they want to have kids. And if people are thinking about this and people see the writing on the wall and think that the next 50 years of planet Earth are going to be shitty, I mean, fair enough that you're going to say, okay, well, if I have a kid, my kid's just going to have like a shitty grinding life. I think it makes a lot of sense to believe that. I also will fully defend if somebody wants to have a kid, you have a right to do sure, that. Sure. So, I mean, I have a kid. <laughs> 
I'm just saying that I understand people actually saying, no, I, I don't want to do it because I don't think that that's good for anybody. Right, right. There is the second rule on the Guidestone that says, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity, which people say is eugenics. Well, it sounds like eugenics. Guide reproduction wisely and improve fitness of people by selectively breeding them. That's eugenics. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But maybe they weren't talking about people. Maybe they were saying stop having a monoculture because a monoculture sets you up for collapse. I feel like also the Georgia Guidestones are suffering from the same thing Twitter suffers from, which is a character limit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to have precepts for humanity and you're limited to like 60 words for all 10, mm -hmm. it's like, uh, I don't know, for sale baby shoes. Next one. Right. I mean, because they're saying, I mean, fitness, I'm not sure about that one, but like when they're talking about diversity, it doesn't make it sound like they are trying to break people up into ethnic groups and get rid of them. Yeah. By yeah. ethnic groups. No, they it want doesn't. all of the groups. They want the diversity. Sure. And and like the first one, they said, you know, maintain humanity at this certain population in balance with nature. So it seems like the bent of it is aiming toward a sustainable planet. Right, right. They say unite humanity with a living new language, which would be one world language. You know what? What if we had one world language? It just, it can't be Esperanto. That language sucks, man. Right. But like, what if people in China and people in the Middle East and people in Russia and people in Europe and people in South America and people in North America, what if we all spoke the same language and suddenly there wasn't that language barrier between you and identifying with other people? Sure. I think if there were actually literally a lingua franca that was not French. <laughs> I think that would be fantastic right. for the world. Right. I think that English may be the most popular language. Makes it easier for me. I already know that one. That would make it very, that would make it very easy. But you know what? If everything, if everybody's going to switch, I'll learn whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because if everyone has to learn it, we'll, we'll learn it together. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun activity for us. We haven't done anything together for a while. <laughs> No, not as not as a country, no. And not as a planet. No. Oh, no. Oh, that's been a while. Everybody in the world, let's learn French. <laughs> we have all kinds of TV shows about learning how to speak French. We'd really knock it out of the park, I'm sure. And the, the Francophiles, God, that would be just a gift to them because they're always like, no, you have to speak French. Everything has to be French. Right. The whole world's French. They love it. It would be a boon to them because suddenly, oh, you want to teach French? Everyone wants a French teacher and you're the best speaker there is. Yeah, exactly. Let's create jobs for France. <laughs> is that on there? Is that on the Guidestones? Number four, create jobs for France. No. <laughs> The sixth. I'm skipping around to the most threatening ones, right? Yeah. Six. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court, which would be a one world government. But it sounds better than war. Doesn't that sound better than war to you? But that is also what everybody's doing now is their nations are working internally to prosecute their own citizens. And then they can resolve disputes in a world court. That's what the fucking Hague is. Yeah. I mean, we have world courts. Have you heard of fucking Nuremberg? <laughs> I mean, the whole New World Order thing is so weird to me because it's like half of it is, sounds ridiculous and the other half is like, we do that already, you idiot. <laughs> We have the United Nations. Right, right. I mean, I... <laughs> You're doing your hands like that cat meme where it's like the cat puppet. <laughs> 
where the cat hits the keyboard? No, where it's like the cat figure doll thing where it's the cat with his hands out. I've got my I've got my hands in front of me with my fingers slightly splayed and my palms upward like, huh? as to say, What the heck, dude? <laughs> yeah, right. What the heck? Right. So yeah, and so that is what they say is the evidence on the guidestones that they're trying to do a new world order. But, you know, on the other hand, there's a whole bunch of stuff on the guidestones that would seem that it's not. And so there are a lot of suggestions that are common sense, seem pro-human, pro-conservation, right? Okay. So number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. And here again, America says no. There's that word reason. Mm-hmm. They hate it. People hate it. It's rationalism. Well, that seems to be anti-fundamentalist, which the fundamentalists hate. Right. <laughs> When they're like, hey, instead of just flipping out and banning kids from reading books and like saying that all teachers are child molesters, like maybe, <laughs> maybe we could slow down and think about it for a moment. <laughs> Yeah, but they say that's anti-fundamentalist, and so we can't be anti-fundamentalist. So that seems to be pushing rationalism as opposed to pushing something fanatical. Yeah, right. Okay. Number five on the guidestones. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. That sounds fine, right? No problems there. Protect people with laws that are just. That seems like what we should have. Right, right. And that doesn't seem to be globalist. No. I like number seven, too. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Oh, God. Oh, the <laughs> officials hate that then. Right, right. See, that's just the thing, is like, cops are never gonna love it when you go against the cops. Right. Petty laws, that's how we pay for the cops. Petty laws are how we have a little hook that we can use to pull over and frisk and harass anyone we want of any selected group. Right, so we have like this authoritarian pirate organization that just prowls the streets and uses like, oops, I smelled some weed, or oops, your headlights out to go into your car and take whatever they want for evidence, money, drugs, whatever they want. And then guess what? You never get it back. They'll take your car. You never get it back. There are multiple cars in the neighborhood that I live that say this vehicle was seized from a drug dealer. Did you seize it from a drug dealer or did you take it from some kid who was driving his dad's van and he was going to band practice and he had weed in the car? Right. That's what it was. <laughs> It's probably that. Right. It wasn't like this Honda Odyssey was used <laughs> by a drug kingpin. <laughs> El, El Chapo. El Chapo was driving around in this sucker. El Chapo's Honda Odyssey. <laughs> Yeah, man, when we got this, the back two seats were out because that's what Pablo Escobar was using to transport one of his hippos, man. <laughs> All the seats were made of bricks. <laughs> Ah, uh, we have number eight. Balance personal rights with social duties. Oh. So that has like more of a socialist communal vibe to it over libertarianism or personal property and responsibility. Like saying if yeah. you live on Earth, you have a duty to other people on Earth to like do what you need to do to keep this world nice. And your right to do something does not overrule the social good of the society. Right, right. That sounds like socialism to me. Right. <laughs> Prize, truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. So that is like the exclusion of worldly values and 
whatever, uniting with people. That sounds that sounds fine. Like that's some Dr. Bronner shit. Yeah, that's some all one. That's why wouldn't you? Anything that is separating the one into smaller pieces makes you less and weaker every single time. Every single time you break a group into a smaller group and a smaller group, the groups just get weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. Well, and the only way to truly fight back against the ruling class is to unite with other workers. Right. Because from what I read, you have nothing to lose but your chains. Right. My favorite thing I've seen online recently was some people, I don't remember if it was Twitter or something like that, people were talking about some place unionizing. And they were talking about, oh, we're going to union drive, we're going to go out and get all these people to sign up for the union. And then someone commented and said, are Republicans allowed to be in the union? <laughs> It was the fucking stupidest shit I'd ever seen in my entire life. Is there a version of Arby's for leftists? Uh, and then number 10, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. That's what I'm screaming all the time. I hate that shit when they fucking plow everything and it's just concrete and shit. There's still plenty, despite the population, there's still plenty of room for nature to exist. Right. And we could just plow over some of the shit that's decrepit and build our new stuff there if we need to build new stuff, which I'm not sure we do. Right, right. We're not building anything we need. We need homes that are affordable for people to live in. We don't need more office space and more condos with stores underneath them and X, Y, and Z, right? If you're a city of 2 million people, we live in Columbus, Ohio, 2 million people here, metro area, 15th largest city in the nation. Mm -hmm. If you are building more housing for people, you don't need to build luxury condos. You need to build housing, if you're going to build high density housing for the city, great. You want to have a walkable area? Fantastic. Can you build fucking apartments for people that they could afford? Do you know what it would do to the fucking entire population of the city if somebody could just live in an apartment for $500 like you used to be able to? Right, right. No one's getting paid more than they used to. They're just getting squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. <laughs> and if they stop tearing out the forests around here and the areas by the river, they took out the quarry down here, which is great. There was a decrepit rock quarry down here. They took it out and they're like, we're gonna put a park here. Fantastic, that sounds great. You know what they did? They also put an enormous one of those fucking condos in the park and it goes the length of the park. So no matter where you are in the park, you see the condos. Yeah. <laughs> it's wretched. It's wretched. <laughs> so what happened to the Georgia Guidestones? If anyone was not paying attention. Again, this was some of the more disturbing news that I've seen recently. I woke up to the news that some guy overnight had blown up the Guidestones. And of course the local police had no leads. Right, they had no leads. The cameras didn't get anything useful, whatever, whatever. And they're like, well, it's unstable. Tear her down. They ripped her down by the end of the day. They went right in. Right. It was building seven. They didn't all even have to have again. anybody call off work. They were ready to go. No. <laughs> no. They, as soon as they heard it, they're like, we're getting in. We're knocking it down. Right. While I'm going to rent the backhoe, you make up a story of why we had to rip it down. Right. <laughs> and they tore that sucker down and they told everybody the Georgia Guidestones are finally down. Like that was the news story. Yay! They're they're <laughs> they're finally down. Thank God. And then I swear to God, every single fucking story about this led with a shot of the Hebrew. Yeah. They're like, this sucker's gone. Okay, thank God. I really hated being told to avoid petty laws and useless officials like the backhoe operator. I... <laughs> 
I really hated the public piece of art that told people to connect and live in harmony. That shit was fucked up. So I'm so glad we ripped it down and the cops got paid overtime. Oh my God. Right. Fantastic. <laughs> so what do you think? Do you think that the Georgia Guidestones are a how-to manual on how to implement the New World Order on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, first of all, I want to say, if you haven't already, hop into the Discord. Tell us what you think. Scale of 1 to 10. 1 being totally not real. 10 being absolutely as real as a cat. <laughs> And if you're not a member of the Discord, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. That'll get you in, and you can let us know what you think. This is a tricky question, because I feel like the Guidestones themselves had a pretty clear provenance. I feel like a rich guy who was into some hippie shit made them to tell people to be nice. Right. So is it a tool of the New World Order? I would say as, you know, this fringe right-wing media would describe it, the New World Order, where we're all going to get barcodes tattooed on us and be forced to speak Mandarin. Mm -hmm. I think as far as conforming to that picture of the scary picture of the New World Order, I don't think it's true. Does it make some suggestions for what people could do to create a better world? Absolutely. I think that they were probably erected as a curiosity and a way to suggest to people to be nice so that there would be something in the world that would be inspiring. I think, especially in 1980 when these were erected, you know, the, the hippie era had come and gone. People already hated hippies. The 1980s was this time of heavy materialism mm -hmm. that was coming in. Mm -hmm. You know, the world was just emerging from the oil crisis and all this. And I think as far as it actually being a tool of the Bilderberg-led New World Order, I'm going to say two out of ten. Right. I'm going to say there's a slight possibility that some evil can conspirator could have been involved, but it just sounds like some rich guy who wanted to do something he thought was cool. Right, right. I mean, I think that I'm going to come in pretty close to you probably when I rank these. You said two. I think I'd probably say two also. I mean, I understand how people can twist the words and have them mean whatever they want. I've heard in the past that people suggested that the Georgia Guidestones were put up as something that would be permanent. And then if there was a nuclear war that destroyed humanity, they would use it as a reference point to rebuild. I'm not sure where people got that idea from. I had heard that as well. Yeah, but I think that, like you said, I agree. I think it was just some guy who had too much money and he had some ideas that he was going to enlighten people. And there is one thing that is true is that you can get enlightenment yourself. You can have like a moment, like an epiphantic moment yourself. But when you try to force someone else through that epiphantic moment with you, it's not going to work out. You have to take those kind of experiences and that kind of enlightenment and you just keep it to yourself because no one is ever going to be able to jump to the point where you're at just because you told them, right? Absolutely. And so I think that is what yeah. happened with Georgia Guidestones. Like this guy meant well, but you can't enlighten other people. You can't do it for them. Enlightenment comes from within. Right. Is your takeaway here, right. I think. Right. And so I say it is a, probably a two. Like, the only reason I'm giving it a two instead of a one is that I can understand how people can read it and, like, misconstrue it. Yeah, and honestly, the little bit about eugenics and the little bit about depopulating the earth, I'm like, yes, yeah, it seems a little whack. <laughs> well... <laughs> 
Now, think about how the world was last time there was 500 million people here. Like, did we have pollution problems? Did we have problems with, like, global warming? Did we have problems with people being unhomed? Did we have problems with, like, XYZ? Did we have a billionaire class that was grinding people's faces into the dirt every single fucking day? No. I feel like a lot of the things that we have going on right now are because of the number of people we have. Not only because there's too many people but because having so many people is impossible for the human mind to comprehend and so that turns a lot of people into vague like shadow people that you don't ever interact with you don't ever see you don't ever know and so why would you be concerned with what they're doing i think that's incredibly important to point out that in a large city you walk by people and everybody is fundamentally anonymous right and so you don't have the same feelings toward them as you would have somebody in your community, even if you're not family or friends with somebody, if there's somebody you always see at the store, then you recognize each other and you say hi and you maybe talk to them a little more than you would a stranger. If you saw the person from the store in the street, you would be like, hey, what's up? Are you okay? Right? Right. Right. And there are these kind of bonds that these immense spaces where everybody is anonymous, that kind of destroys that. And the people that thrive in those environments and thrive on never being recognized and thrive on everybody being anonymous are generally bad actors. They're psychopaths, yeah. And so, like, you could see the number 500 million and be like, ooh, very spooky, but are we good at 7 billion? Do you want to keep on reproducing until we get 9 billion, 12 billion? Do you think it's going to be cool when we got 15 billion? Like, In part- <laughs> And before we go, I want to throw out that I think part of the reason for the continued population rise is because just like with the tech industry, just like with the stock market and the American economy, there's this idea that exponential growth will continue forever. And now we're at a point where we're getting pinched and it's clear the growth isn't going to continue. And they're throwing everything at the wall, including making people have more kids. Right, right. Just creating more future employees is really how the economy looks at that. Right. And, like, I see that stuff on the Guidestones that sounded like eugenics. I can see how people could interpret it as that. But when you look at it as those laws being written in eight different languages on the planet, and that says it to everybody in those languages, right? And it does not say we only need white people. It says we need to make sure we maintain diversity. Diversity is the most important thing. Yeah. And so I'm not even convinced about that that much. But it is what it is, I suppose. They're gone now. (laughs) Well, so the ending of the Georgia Guidestones, essentially when they were knocked down, somebody from the Granite Museum or the Granite Association there in town in Elberton came and said, okay, well, we're going to take these and we're going to rebuild them. And then the granite basically disappeared. They're never going up again. Right. And if you want a real conspiracy and if you want to look at real shady conspirators making things happen, ask yourself why it was blown up and nobody saw it and it got torn down the same day and the stones disappeared. Right. So if you ask me, that's the real 9-11 here. So listen, if you haven't already, patreon.com slash Garbage Brain University. That's where you're going to get all of our past episodes of Garbage Brain University. It's where you're going to get the episodes of Everything is Real that are only for patrons. And you're also going to be able to shout out in the Discord and rank how true or false you think our latest topic is. Right. And Everything is Real is brought to you by our sponsors. Ah, Corey Grella, Alaska's finest insurance agent. If you need insurance in Alaska or perhaps without, I have failed to ask. (laughs) 
Corey Grella is going to be the person you need to talk to. She thinks that we should be all one. She would like to maintain humanity in a state with nature, and who can blame her? Right. <laughs> And our other sponsor is Harlem Township here in Central Ohio. Maybe they should put the Georgia Guidestones in Harlem and call them the Harlem Guidestones. That would be fantastic. Where are the precepts for humanity? They're in Harlem. No, not that Harlem. Where's that? <laughs> Delaware County. Oh, Delaware? No, Delaware, Ohio. <laughs> Layers of confusion. Right. The fundies will never find them. We'll workshop the couple items on the list that people don't like. We'll workshop them so they don't sound so so weird, and then we'll put her back up. And you know what? They're going to be bigger this time. Yeah. We're going to have more room for text. We can clarify things. Right. Really long explanations of how things are going to work. Or I mean, whoever makes the guidestones, not us. Right. I don't. I have more important things to do. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit our Patreon and everything is real. I love you. Goodbye.